Hey there, Tahi here. This is Main Street Conversations, the segment of Main Street Speaks where we talk with interesting people living in the area. This week, I spoke with Alona Duncan. She's a writer and musician currently, but has worked as a model, a translator, a language teacher, stewardess, organist, and music teacher throughout her storied life. She speaks seven languages, if not more, and has lived and traveled all over the world. And she told me, with a bit of a surprise, that the Northern Neck has been the place she's lived longest. Well, I always saw myself as a very curious person. As a young girl, I wanted to see and experience everything the world had to offer. Um, Unfortunately, in old age, I realized that I need probably nine more lives to do all of what I wanted to do. But I'm happy with what I have accomplished. And as I mentioned, she's held a lot of different roles in her life. I started out in Germany. Um, I received what they call a classical education, graduated with an abitur and uh, had nine years of Latin. I actually spoke the dead language and basically with a degree in science. But after that, decided to learn languages. Um, I ended up speaking several, um, of course, starting with German and Latin, Dutch, French, Italian, Um, English came somehow in the middle there, (laughs) and uh, eventually some Spanish and uh, Russian. I do speak three of them today still fluently, whether I can think in them or write and read. The others are a little bit more difficult because I don't have enough time to practice and I don't live in the countries anymore, but I try. Besides that, um, I was a Pan-American stewardess um, at the time when Being a stewardess was still considered a highly coveted job. You had to have a college degree, speak foreign languages. Later on became a language teacher. I am a pianist, an organist. I teach piano and organ. And um, I have acted, I sing. And in my later years became a writer and I have published two books so far and I'm working on my third. And we talked a lot about the various places she's lived and how she ended up on the Northern Neck. Yes, of course. Well, um, I've lived in Paris. I lived in London, um, in Toulouse, in the south of France, in New York City, in Long Island, Connecticut, Miami, Florida, and some for a short part, uh, for two, three months, actually, in Sydney, Australia. So I've been around the world. I visited a lot of countries. I've been to every continent except Antarctica. Um, What brought me to the Northern Neck or to this area where I live now? And I I really like living here. It was a um, accident. I happened to see an advertisement in the the newspaper in New Jersey. Um, My husband and I, before we moved here, were actually permanent travelers. We had bought a a converted bus and traveled to the far reaches of North America all the way to the Arctic Ocean for over two years and then um, needed to settle down and uh, somehow this area became known to me. I didn't know anybody here but we drove down here and we liked it and we bought land and built a house. I live on the uh, Great Pecomico River 
um, uh, when I first came here, I called it Vicomico. I didn't know how to pronounce it. Until I saw an old map where it's spelled different, where it's spelled W-I-G-H-M-O-C-O-M-A, Waikomico uh, Coco or something like that. Actually, in the Indian language, it means a place where houses are. So I'm living in a place where houses are. Do you feel like you belong here? Um, they call me a come here, which I think is interesting. Um, unless you happen to be born here, I guess you'll really come here. Now, to be a native, none of the native, all the natives that they call themselves natives are also come here. And um, they just, uh, you know, before they came here, they were in, uh, tribes and Indian tribes who lived here. So it's kind of odd, but I don't mind being called a come here. That's, uh, I've been called that from other countries that I lived before. I think it's very easy. You adapt to your new environment. Um, in this case, I didn't have to learn the language, but it's a very peaceful area and I like nature. And after having lived in big cities in my younger life uh, and seen all what I wanted to see, I'm happy to be here and uh, just enjoy nature and there's a lot to do. People sometimes think there's nothing to do in an area like this. Well, I found theater, I found orchestra, I play music, I, I sing. And, you know, being from overseas myself, I wanted to hear more about her identity as a global citizen and what that means to her, particularly in her relationship with her birth country. People sometimes have the tendency to label others for their ethnicity ethnicity, is am I saying this right? Or um, for the their place of birth. I resented many, many years uh, being called German. I didn't want to belong to Germany. I divorced my country of birth. Um, but I, I would much rather see people look at each other for what they represent rather than where they come from or what color their skin is, or whatever their makeup is like. It's just, how, who are you really? And that's what I wanted to, uh, to express about that. To be a, a citizen of the world um, means that I don't consider myself belonging to just one place. I think... Um, the world is actually quite small and um, I believe that to just think yourself very important that your place where you're living is more important than other places. I don't believe in that. I think every place has its own importance and people who have a tendency to think, well, we are the best here. I don't think that's my philosophy. Um, I, as far as Germany is concerned, my upbringing was rather um, diff. I wouldn't call it difficult, but I had a very good childhood. But I did not like what was happening in the years past World War II, when the German people um, lied. Uh, they didn't 
acknowledge what happened during Hitler years, World War II, nothing was talked about. And I hated the lies. I didn't, I knew what had happened, but nobody wanted to say anything. And it, I believe that um, a lie destroys love and trust. Love and trust do um, uh, complement each other, I would say, and a lie will destroy both. And I lost trust and love for my country of birth, and I didn't want to be um, identified with it any anymore. And what are some lessons you've learned in moving around and being in new cities and new places? In, in my life, I always, wherever I lived, I knew how to adapt. When I moved back to France, I had lived in this country for um, about uh, 20 years. Uh, I moved back to France um, I, because my husband's work, I just followed with him. He, I couldn't work when I went back there. So I figured, what am I going to do? What is it that I could do right now that's available to me? And at that point, I said, well, they have beautiful cathedrals and big organs, and why don't, don't I learn how to play the organ? Um, when I came to New York, I was very young. I was 21 years old, um, still quite beautiful, I might add. So I said, well, why don't I become a model and make some money modeling? I did that. It's, and then I decided, well, what else could I do with my life? So I went to Hunter College and studied Russian. And once I had a couple of years of Russian in college, I, I went to Moscow and said, well, let me study a little bit more at Moscow University. It's, um, it's a personal desire to improve yourself and, and be curious about things and that you can be anywhere and anywhere. And I, I did the same thing when I came here to the Northern Neck um, to just reach out and see what I, can I do while I live here. I was never afraid to touch out with other people. I, I think I never locked myself up and waited for people to come to me. I guess I, it's my curiosity about other cultures that I was never afraid to talk to anybody, whether it was in a hotel, in a restaurant, on the street. And the best way to do so is to learn the language. Um, and, and I found as I moved around the world, um, being in the Middle East, being and I, I spent a lot of time in Iran way back, and now nobody goes there anymore. I was in Syria, I was in Turkey, in the middle of the desert. I met people, and people are usually very interested in you as long as you have interest in them. The other thing that I wanted to mention is, I found particular during my travels is that possessions are not very important. Um, everybody likes to have a house and to like some nice knickknacks and furniture and some people love jewelry, but all of that is very, to me, irrelevant. What's very important is what you have in your mind because nobody can take that away. Possessions 
can be gone from one day to the next. You have a tornado going through your area and your house is gone. You have a hurricane, you have uh, whatever might happen, war. You can lose everything, but your mind will never go away. So you don't have let anybody mess with your mind. Now, I know Aluna because she taught me piano for 10 years. And so, of course, I had to ask her about the role of music in her life. I, I liked music from very early age on. I listened to uh, programs on the radio. And then when I was seven, I started piano lessons, which was a part of normal education at the time in Germany. And um, I was got very good at piano. I wanted to play other instruments that wasn't allowed. Um, and after I graduated, um, I moved away and I moved all over the world. So I didn't have a piano anymore. Although I did go to concerts and operas and um, uh, listen to music. But then I was um, 30, in my late 30s. I lived in Connecticut and um, at the time was a mother of two children, married, and I needed something to do. So I bought a piano and I took lessons again. And I had a wonderful teacher. She had recently immigrated from Russia. And um, I had to start from scratch again, doing all my hand and exercises and my scales and arpeggios. And um, eventually became very good and gave concerts. And um, then I moved to France and I became an organist and then moved to Miami. And I started uh, playing in churches and substituting with organ and piano. A piano has been something that music to me is something that my father said has been created to erase the sorrows in the world. And to me, that has always been the case. Um, I can sit and play the piano, play for myself many times. I love to teach. Um, but uh, it is, um, music is very, it's a solace. And uh, for me, it has always been throughout my life. And I have this wonderful piano that I interviewed four times, like uh, adopting a baby in France. And um, it moved with me over here. And um, it's sitting in my house and um, many young people have played it and enjoyed it. And finally, we just talked a lot about her perspective, um, starting off with how she cultivates that perspective. By being um, aware of our existence. Um, I've had a lot of death in my family. When people die, you realize how um, short life can be. Um, to be aware of um, what's going on around you. Um, it's uh, particularly, this came about when my husband and I traveled in this bus and we were in the northern parts of um, Canada. Uh, nobody around for miles and miles and miles. So we're alone and uh, you didn't see anything and you realize how you're part of nature and how small you are and during that time we lived I didn't have a house I didn't have any uh, place to go back to 
And I realized I didn't miss anything. I didn't miss um, seeing silver and china and crystal and uh, televisions and whatever else. It wasn't important to me. What's important to me was to, to see what our existence is really about. This is very philosophical, but uh, um, it's very difficult to explain. I don't think I've had that um, knowledge when I was 21 years old. I had to go through the process of growing up, um, going places, not be afraid. I mean, I moved to Paris when at the age of 19, I didn't speak a word of French. I had Latin and I spoke German, but not a work of French. And I was not afraid to go there and to make it happen. And I did. And after hard to believe, I, I can hardly believe it myself today. But after 10 months, I spoke like a native and I was reading uh, Baudelaire and Proust and Flaubert. And to me today, I can only um, prove it by looking at these books where my name is in and the date is 1964 and all the lines and sentences I and words I have underlined. So I learned that language very fast because I was dedicated to do that and eventually did the same with English. I did not like learning English. I thought English was an illogical language. It didn't have anything to do with Latin or French. But um, I was accepted at Columbia University Graduate School, so I had to learn English. So I did it. And um, I had some uh, ups and downs in between, like everybody does in life. Not, nothing went ever smoothly. But I was determined to work my way through everything. And one thing I always did, when things did not work out, I always said, well, I make another plan. And the, you have a choice in life, I've, I learned. Your life, you might want to go from place A to place B, but sometimes there are um, uh, something in the road that it, it doesn't work for you and you have to make a new plan and um, do what you call it. Uh, what is the road that you, um, I can't think of the word. When, you, when the road is blocked, you go around and, and a, a different road to get to where you want to go in the first place. And that's just making a new plan. Having a, when you, and when you made a bad choice, and I've made bad choices, everybody does in life, well, you always have another choice to go forward. But even amidst making new plans and taking detours, she does admit that there are indeed things that are beyond our control. And we have to always keep in mind that we are not in control of our lives. Anything can happen. And we have to make the best out of any situation and have a better plan and think ahead. If you don't mind me asking, are you a religious person? Am I a religious person? Mm-hmm. Um, I, am, I do not belong to a church, but I do believe that there is something more than what we can see. Mm -hmm. I believe in um, a higher consciousness. Um, I believe there is some, something has started all of this. I don't know who, what, you may call it God, or in any other name there is a, a I, I, 
I think the um, Buddhist religion is um, very good in um, planning for uh, the next life, if there is such a thing. I like to believe there is. I believe there is something more, but um, we have to die to know that. Hmm. <laughs> That'll certainly be the next adventure. <laughs> I'm not planning on dying soon. <laughs> thank you so much to Ilona Duncan for this conversation. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Main Street Speaks. I'm Tahi Wiggins. We'll see you next week. <laughs>